Everybody, welcome to the Weekly Dish Second Helping podcast. This week, we are so delighted to be talking with Molly King from Arc Value Village, and we are so excited to be talking about nostalgia and the holidays. Honestly, I'm Stephanie March. Stephanie Hansen's here with me. Hello. We've got we've got Molly on the line. Molly, are you there? Hey, welcome to the party. I know, right? That's really what we should be saying now. I feel like for everything, just welcome to the party. <laughs> welcome to the party. Can I describe what Molly's wearing? Because she's yeah. much more festive than you and I are, Steph. She's holding a sterling silver, like, coupe. Yeah. She's got a black sweater with all the right pearl applique. Yeah. And these, like, chandelier pearl earrings and an updo. I just watched Breakfast at Tiffany's yesterday. You're kind of channeling her. Well, I'm glad you noticed. It's actually a dress... Um it's bedazzled in pearls. It's a vintage dress that our thrift stylist, our personal shopper, picked out for me. So just a little oh. plug for our, our personal shopper program. Well, and I think there's something to say about dressing up for your Zoom meetings and dressing up for, since we're not having holiday parties, because I have to tell you, now I've been watching a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies, and the thing is, there's always so a many. party. There's always some sort of a like a Christmas party in them. And it's usually the place where there's a misunderstanding and then the love, like the love meet may go wrong, but it always works out, of course. But nonetheless, it may, like watching that has made me miss Christmas parties more like than ever, like even than last year, because I feel like, I mean, I want to have one more than I've ever wanted one before. (laughs) Yeah. Always a party. So did you grow up in a household where there were big holiday parties? No, I didn't. No, and I would always go to the company holiday party, and I'd be the person that would wake up the next day and wondering what the dumb thing I said to whom was. Well, that, nobody here is surprised by that. Let's be honest. I'm just confessing, and Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe in my older age, I've gotten a little bit of a handle on that, but boy, in the day... I was a real fun party girl. Let's just say that. And the holidays were the best. Yeah. No, I think so. I think so. I think that, but I also think that holiday parties, like the ones that, you know, that they have like company holiday parties, those don't even, those are so hard to find anyway, you know? know. You know, we at Hubbard have had these, the gift of having this beautiful holiday party every year. And it's just one of the old-fashioned feeling holiday parties. It makes me feel like I should have like a beehive, you know, and a real exactly, and just this really tailored Marilyn Monroe cocktail dress because it, that's what it feels like. It feels like those kind of things just don't really happen that often anymore. So maybe we're already on that cycle of looking forward to new things, which is kind of what you know I think everyone's doing these days. We do have Molly, and I think you know this because I think we've talked about it at my family gathering my husband's family has been gathering for over 40 years with neighbors and they have a Swedish traditional Christmas with the Swedish meatballs and the pickled beets and the lefse there's an eggnog bowl and there are eggnog cups that 
uh, got transferred to me when the woman who owned them died. We got the, we took them on. So Kurt's mom is 87 and we've been carrying on the tradition. And I found this book, you guys. I don't know if I've ever showed this to you before, Steph. It's called Friends with Food. Friends it and by, uh, It's written by a woman named Virginia Safford. Yeah. And she was a local Minnesota um, fancy person, I guess. Mm. Someone I that entertained a ton in the 50s and 60s. And she writes about the dinner parties that they would have with her friends. And she includes recipes and talks about the menus. So I'll just give you one little snippet here um, where she talks about the eggnog in her book. She says, um, all right, she's talking about Christmas times and she goes from the mint julep and the Kentucky Derby parties they would have <laughs> to the old fashioned um, eggnog party. And this was a Christmas Eve. She said, our family Christmas always seemed to start at midnight and end the next midnight. We always hope for a light snow, snow falling as we troop to midnight church service. She's yeah. German, by the way, Stephanie. So I thought of you and your German church services. <laughs> she, German, though. <laughs> she says, then it is at home and the eggnog making and tasting begins. Although the proverbial Christmas drink will not be put together until noon on Christmas Day, it is better if it is set to chill and mellow in the refrigerator. And she gives the recipe and the notes in the recipe say, it is a very dependable recipe, says the hostess, dependable. which I've used every day since I was on the cabinet in Washington, D.C., because this lady had all these fancy friends. Mm. But this book is just, it's amazing. She has and so love, many great cocktails. I love the way that you sort of read, written it in a way that's um, more than just like a blog or a storytelling or, or a recipe. It's really like this storytelling, which is so a part of the December holidays, it's like everyone has their stories and these stories kind of build over years. And sometimes details are added that didn't necessarily happen, <laughs> but it's, um, it's such a storytelling time of year. It we is. had this and Stephanie knows this cause we've talked about it, but we had this appetizer that we still have that would be in an, now you got to think Arks Valley Village vintage when I tell you what it, it was encased in. So it's this orange like fondue pot yes. that plugs in and it gets hot and you'd put a stick of butter, a brick of Velveeta and a can of crab, diced crab meat and some garlic salt. And that's the recipe and it <laughs> melts and it's in this sort of vintage 1970s chafing pot that I think is a fondue pot, if I recall. Well, of course it's a fondue pot. Yeah. And we it's would an then orange dip plug in pot. Yes. Right. <laughs> and we would dip our triscuits in there. And, and that dish, that dip still makes it to every holiday gathering for the Hansons. That's just too much cheese and seafood Butter. for me. That's just dairy and seafood has to have a light combination, not a heavy combination. It's so good though. I'm going to make it for you one year. No, you literally don't spend the money. Literally don't spend the money because <laughs> I won't eat it. <laughs> and I love the evolution of recipes and how um it's always sort of been a mix of what I call high-low or sort of like homemade and store-bought. 
and the different varying degrees of how much you do of each and sort of the pride that comes with each. I feel like uh, there was a real time for working women, especially where we're like, yeah, I bought it all. I didn't make any of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's also like, oh yeah, I handmade all of this and enjoy. (laughs) Right. Right. The pressure from Martha Stewart. I think that when Martha Stewart, you know, kind of showed up in the eighties and the nineties and it became this idea that, you, you know, and, and I think that there's something to say about that because it was, it was sort of taking, um, you know, the working women and all of the old recipes are all about like throw it together fast. You're too busy, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then Martha Stewart came up and was like, wait a minute, for those of us who are staying home, we can still do this kind of stuff. But the pressure just kind of came across the board to everybody. And all of a sudden it was like, bespoke olives and, you know, all of these gathered, you know, cookies that had, you know, sugar frostings of, you know, intricate designs. I know. And I think that that's like, I think we've swung, you know, kind of back and forth on those things for decades. And I feel like now we're in a place where we kind of go, if you did this, you're great. If you did that, you're great. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot less judgment right now. I agree too. And any little, any little thing that you can do that, that is homemade people really appreciate, you know, like I think of just all the cocktail parts, like people are making their own spritzer and their own cherries and, you know, um, people are paying attention to parts they want to pay attention to, but it's almost like, yeah. And then you can go out and get a, a sandwich to go because you spent all day making all these homemade things that you didn't have time to cook dinner. So, yeah. Oh my God. So very true. Or you just eat cheese and crackers for dinner, which is basically half of my holiday season. That's yeah. I, I spent the whole weekend after the show, Stephanie, on Saturday making Christmas things and I had bought stuff to make dinner and we got to dinner and I was like, I don't feel like making dinner. We're going to take out. We got Indian food instead. Yeah. Yeah, and I bet that that was not an option for our grandparents who, you know, like, there were three meals a day for huge families that had to just keep coming out one after another. And so it's interesting to think about how the time that they must have spent on all of these things as well. And then the the care that they put in these special holiday things. And um, I think of all the special, like, dishes and platters that would come out only, only in December. Like my parents, they were kind of funny. So uh, my maiden name is Collins. They used essentially a Collins glass for everything. Like the wine went in there. Yeah. The, the, the highballs went in there. Yeah. Um, but then for the holiday time, um, the punch bowl would come out, you know, the classic punch bowl, which they probably got at their 1961 wedding, I'm imagining. And it was like, oh, the punch bowl. And it was always stored in this perfect box in the basement under, you know, under the stairs, come out once a year for the holiday parties. Um, and I think about it stored in that box. Um, we get punch bowls all the time at Arx Valley Village, and they're always in the original box, which is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think there's sort of like this, this sort of this process of what you do with your holiday things. You use them for 30 days, but then they go back into this very special part of the house and they only come out you know, 11 months later again. It's like this yeah. very special little, all the little tools for the holidays. I have punch those. made a huge comeback la- a couple years ago where it was like all of a sudden everybody, I mean, I remember we talked about doing punch recipes and talking about the, you know, the ring in the middle of the ice ring and infusing it. And that was like, people were going nuts, you know, for punch. And now I feel like <laughs> maybe they're 
you know, they'll have to like take some time away. Maybe, maybe they don't get the punch bowl out this year, but no one's, you know, they're thinking, okay, well it's coming back, you know, punch is coming back. It always does. We are, we have already committed at our house and there will be one, two, three, four of us. And we are making the eggnog and we're going to put it in the punch bowl and serve it in the little crystal cups, even though there will only be four of us because I just feel like it's not, I want to try to have some of the traditions that we've had. And while there's not 40 of us gathering, the four of us will think of the people that started the original tradition that we can't be with this year. I love that. I'm glad that you're doing it. And the punch bowl is a host's savior. I mean, think of, you know, when you go to a party or when you're the host, the last thing you want to be doing is those craft cocktails, as amazing as they are. But, you know, it's like you'll never, no one's ever going to get a drink. But with the punch bowl, you know, the hostess is with the mostess and everyone just get a scoop and let the party begin. It really sets the tone right there with no effort. You make it all ahead of time. You know, it's like godsend. You know what else? And Steph, I think you do this. Um, you get your slow cooker out. Now, again, hearkening back to Arks Valley Village, my stepmom has one that is brown, that is one of the original slow cookers. I can't even, was it uh, Hamilton Bend? Oh, or yeah. Bend Hamilton, I think, was the brand name. Hamilton I don't even Beach? Know. Hamilton Beach, that's it, yeah. yes. So she has the brown one, and she makes a Swedish glog in there where you just put the wine and the seasonings and then it's heated up. So all night long, we can keep going back for a little more sip and it makes the whole house smell good. So that's, a yes, good I was going to say, yeah, the no, that's, oh my God, the crocktails, you know, in the crock pot, the crocktails. Crock yeah, that is a huge, that is a huge thing. Cause you can do not only your mulled wine, like we were just talking about the glog, and I usually bottle mine and give that away as a gift, and then people have to warm it up themselves. But think about it. You can do the boozy hot cider, you know, like you throw the hot cider and everything else and a little bit of ginger and bourbon in there. That's really good. Um, and then there's, you know, they there are like the hot buttered rums. Those are kind of getting coming back right now. I know a bunch of people were doing cocktail kits that were selling like the butter batter that you just add to your hot buttered rum. So that's like a huge thing. And of course, just hot toddies. I mean, like you can have a crock pot full of hot toddies and make everybody happy as far as I'm concerned. So are you delivering them in mason jars or how are you, how do you get these to your friends? Those I deliver, the the glog usually comes in the empty wine bottle, you know, that you've taken the label off and relabeled as you want it. Um, and then, yeah, the mason jars are kind of the the best way that I have of delivering those back to people, you know, in different ways, the Irish cream and all those kind of stuff. I was at ARCS the other day, and there were a lot of these kind of vintage looking bottles that had stoppers on them. Yeah. So I, I already had, I'd gone to Fratelloni's and bought some larger bottles, but I kind of regretted it because I wanted a little... It, it, it's a lot to make it's the it's so rich this bailey's irish cream that we made and i have these giant bottles i was wishing kind of for something a little bit smaller yeah we get a ton of that recycled glass that people can use for these sort of home cocktail delivery ideas and um you know it makes a nice gift for someone uh, something thoughtful and homemade and and hand delivered and you know waving through the window whatever but um it's it's a nice idea, pandemic or no pandemic. It's always nice to receive something that's 
homemade and, and hand-delivered. Steph, and, do you have any idea what's in Tom and Jerry batter? Uh, I mean, it's basically, I mean, like the Flaherty stuff. This You don't want to know what's in the stuff you buy in the store, you guys. It is not natural, shall we say. <laughs> but Tom and Jerry batter is something I grew up with in college. I like to say grew up in college. That's when I grew up as a drinker. Um, was, you know, in Appleton, Wisconsin. And then we would go visit, you know, before Christmas break would start, we'd go hang out at some friends' houses, you know, in the area. And then I'd go, and then I'd come home. But a couple of times we'd go to some friends who lived in like Oconomowoc or, you know, Wauwatosa and all that stuff. And those Wisconsin bars, man, they all have their own Tom and Jerry batter. And it is literally just, you know, it's kind of an eggy, creamy, the thing that my mom makes, which is basically a Tom and Jerry bear, she used to call it Guggle Muggle. <laughs> of course your mom had a name. That's amazing. Of course she did. She called it Guggle Muggle. And then I, we got the non-alcoholic version of it as kids. And then theirs were boosted. So I have toyed with that. It's just that it, you have to keep it really cold. You know what I mean? If you want it to go into your hot mug and everything else so that it melts perfectly. And that's hard to make for other people, but... I, I support I, all Tom and Jerry. I love it. So yeah. I grew up in a household that had the batter and it was sort of this mysterious thing that my parents would do again, uh, only in December, this, this batter would come out and they had adult only happy hour time where we were not even allowed like near that living room rug. We couldn't even be in sight. Like we had to make ourselves scarce. But yeah. the Tom and Jerry's batter in that bucket. I, it was on my mind recently, and I thought, well, how am I going to get this? So uh, we're pretty much in our house right now, and we're having things delivered. But I thought, I wonder if I could get that delivered. But then, yeah, I can make this myself. So I went online, and I found the Heavy Table has a really good recipe. Oh, do they? Yeah, and it's simple. It's just like a it's- couple ingredients that you probably will have around your home. Um, and then, you know, rum and brandy. And it's delicious, really good and easy to make. Oh, good. I know that it's like 12 eggs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a lot of eggs. And then there's like a pound of butter. You know what I mean? And then there's like three pounds of confectioner sugar. You know, it's not, it's, it's important to understand. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I started down the path with a New York Times recipe and I got to the first two ingredients was like a carton of eggs and a pound of sugar. And I thought, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's two of us here. We don't need that much batter. I know. Yeah. It's hard. Do you it have the special white cups with the red writing on them, Molly, that say Tom and Jerry? You know, I don't, but we do get those from time to time at our store at Arks Valley Village. And they are adorable. You know, perfect glassware. I love it. Yeah. Really, really cute. Um, did you guys have, okay, so here's my big question now is, are you guys, cause this is always so interesting to me as my family life has evolved crazily, obviously a lot of people when they get married and you know, their Christmases and stuff change, but you know, we have all these traditions, but I just want to know, are you guys like more of a Christmas Eve party time people? Like is the big party on Christmas Eve or is it on Christmas day? For me, it's both. The Christmas Eve was the neighbors and friend party. And then the Christmas Day, the morning is the present opening and bagels, lox and cream cheese and mimosa. And then you move into the afternoon preparing the prime rib dinner and Yorkshire pudding for at night. Okay. So it's, it's a, a two-day day. affair. Yeah. I love How about that. you, Mo? 
Yeah, I'm glad that you said that, Stephanie, because we are also a yes and kind of household. Um, we don't have kids in our family, which um, has allowed us to be invited to so many of our friends and families gathering. Like they just feel they they need to invite this this couple that doesn't have a special Christmas or something. I don't know what it is, but it's great. And so, really, the whole month of December is just is just great parties and gatherings, and then it's kind of leads up to Christmas and it's both days and it's kind of different every year. Sometimes there's sprinkled in traditions and sometimes something new and different. Molly, don't you and your husband wear like pajamas all day on Christmas day or am (laughs) I making that up? (laughs) You're thinking of the day after Thanksgiving uh, in our household is black pajama Friday. Um, (laughs) So working most of my life in, um, food and retail and restaurants and that whole thing it's sort of a um it's sort of an anti (laughs) black friday day where it's like okay no we're just going to take one day of the entire year and it's just going to be the two of us on the couch in black pajamas Um, that's so perfect i think next year year. (laughs) i think next year you're going to actually have to like dress up because you've spent the entire year in black pajamas and slippers so maybe that, you have yeah. to like, do the reverse that was exactly why we canceled it this year i thought it just doesn't seem fun <laughs> one more day in pajamas <laughs> that is good that is good so my big we grew up with christmas eve as being the big thing i mean that's a very german thing and um and it was always like lighting the tree and you know we'd open presents on christmas eve and then our Christmas day was always very relaxed and not a big deal, but it was, we also just didn't, you know, and then growing. And then as after I got married and had kids and all the rest, you know, obviously Christmas day becomes when you have little kids, it's like the present opening, the Santa ritual, all that stuff. And so it kind of, it's funny because now, and my family is because we have blended marriages and all this stuff. And now my kids are starting to get married. And so, you know, it's like the shifting of everything kind of requires you to rethink and be flexible, I think, about things. And, you know, so we have Christmas and we have one, now we haven't, my son-in-law is Jewish. So adding all of that into it is kind of this whole fun way. And I think for me, I love the fact that I don't have to hold on to too much tradition. Like we have little bits and pieces of it, but we're kind of all set in the fact that change is our best ally and that really we just keep adding more and doing things differently. And so you know, we had uh, Christmas morning as this pretty great thing for a while. And now that everybody wants to sleep in, now it's so great. I have Christmas, you know, we have Christmas breakfast, just me and the kid who's here. And then we move into this day-long, you know, kind of drinking and gaming and feasting at the end. And I think that may hold for a couple of years, but there'll be a baby along at some point, And then that will change everything. So I think one of my favorite things is just being able to bob and weave. And I love that part about it. Bob and weave. Yeah, I cannot well, wait for you to have like some grandbaby that's getting you up at six thirty because they want to <laughs> open the gifts. That's so amazing. That's like gonna happen for you. That's excellent. No comment. <laughs> Dreams do come true. So right. what um what sort of Christmas or holiday baked item will you not bob and weave on? What do you make every year that you have to make? Well, it's probably the bourbon balls I think I make every year. And I made them last night and I did, you know, this huge jar and a tin 
And it's sort of like, those are, you know, they're so easy. And this is the best part about them. They, they need to be cured. You know, they kind of like have to sit in their own fumes for a little while. And, uh, so it's really good because you make them early, then you stick them, you know, you hide them away in the cupboard and then you don't, and then all of a sudden when you're coming to a place where you need to bring stuff to people or hand them out as gifts, then all of a sudden you have all these cookies that no one has eaten, which is great because like peanut butter blossoms, those are gone already. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the early cookie trays, I never understand, you know, we do, Hanson and I have a, a cookie party early in the year and I'm always like, well, this is dumb because now they're gone. Like <laughs> all we did was eat cookies, you know, so I don't have any to give away. But now this year I feel like I do, but that's the bourbon balls for sure. And, and I know they're kind of only technically a cookie because they're both a ball and they're not baked. So mm. that's a that's a So you, you two are both Minnesotans. What about the spritz cookies? Do you do spritz? I love them. Yeah. I want a spritzer. So Molly, if Arx gets one, save it for me. Cause that is literally something I don't have that I want. Like the oh, little gun? Yes. I need yes. a spritz gun. I haven't uh, purchased one and I haven't made spritz cause our friend Lisa in the cookie party makes some and they're delicious, but I don't have them this year cause we didn't do cookie party. And now I'm like, shoot, I don't have the maker. So I can't even make them myself. So I do the rolled baked sugar cookies with a rolling pin that is vintage that has ball bearings in it. So when you roll, you get just like the perfect amount of thickness on the cookies. Yeah, I have my mom's spritz maker somewhere that I have to find, but I have, I feel like I haven't found it for a couple of years, so I have no idea where it is, but. Yeah, I'll check with my mom too. She used to make those and I can still think of her laboring over those cookies, cursing because if you don't get the dough just exactly right. Oh, right. It is a complete fail. And then. Yes. Because you're picking the, I've done this, where you're picking the dough off of the little disc because it didn't come out right and it sort of looks like a reindeer poo. (laughs) Well, and then remember that there's, and then my mom always used to have ones, some that were pink and some that were green, like that whole thing. But I always remember being like, I don't want those because I don't want like pistachio and I don't want strawberry. I just want my cookie. Like I didn't trust that they weren't. And also when I was a kid, when I was really little and we had a dog, remember those colored milk bones that they used to have? Yes. So I totally used to (laughs) mess with people and give them the colored milk bones and be like, yeah, this is a cookie my mom made. Like I'd crack, crack it up among the cookies. I actually fed a kid blue bubble bath and told him it was blue soda. So something about you and I is not right, friend. Right. It's true. It's true. Very funny. psyched about that. Oh, my God. But, okay, so let's talk about New Year's Eve quickly, too, because this is the one thing where I am still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I feel like I'm going to tell you right now that the restaurants are going all out with their meal kits. So if you are getting a meal kit from someone, it is going to be luxe. They are all planning these multi-course, very luxe dinners for two or four, however you want to do it. And this, to me, is the perfect opportunity to go to Arcs and find, like, some fancy, cool plates and, like, you know, just do it up since you're going to be home and you're the potential that you don't have to cook and you get a huge meal. I mean, my God, that sounds great to me. I love that. And I love the thought of adding some glamour to the holiday. Um, I've been buying uh, different plates from our 
stores and using them for different theme nights for the two of us. Um, and I think I think New Year's Eve is a great holiday for that too. You know, get a meal kit, but bring it home, um, set up your little meal for your small little party. And, um, you know, maybe it's also an opportunity to uh, upgrade on the beverage. Right. Yeah, plate it up, get your coupe glasses out and pour yourself a delicious glass of bubbles Mm-hmm. And don't just eat it out of the to-go containers, friends. Make it a little special. Right, because yeah. it, 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 it absolutely needs to happen that 2020 gets kicked to the curb. So we have to send it packing in the right ways, in my mind. Send it packing on to bigger and better things. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes, we will be toasting the end of this year. Yeah. Well, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, when I think about um, the new year, are there any, like, one of the things that we do, and Steph, you and I have done this, I think, too. I always try to have, like, a food goal. Like, one year I wanted to learn to make, like, the perfect apple pie. This year, I think I'm, I I know I'm a little cliche, but I'm feeling like I might go down the sourdough road. Everyone Ooh. else has done it. I can do it, too, don't you think? Sure. Do you have any food goals for next year or things you want to become a master at? I feel like I've been doing them as I want to. I don't really, yeah, I guess for me, I get, I go deep diving. So like, you know, the homemade pasta route, I've, I've like, I did that. I perfected it. I got it all done. The only thing I'd like to do is maybe up the shaping game of things like that. That might be something I might try. But, you know, then I go into like dumplings and I mastered my dumpling recipe and, and like that's good. And so I kind of, you know, play that game as we go. So I don't even know what's going to intrigue me this next year. That's what's interesting. It's not Have you kanji because that was yeah. last year. That's not what? Kanji. No, kanji is just I get I need kanji when it's cold. <laughs> Have you ever done those special noodles, like shupa noodles or something for, for Christmas? They're traditional German sort of, yeah. What are they called? I missed it. I think I you think shupa noodle or? Schnoof. Schnoof? Schnoof noodle. The one you push through the ricer. Are you talking about yeah. spetzel? Spetzel. Oh. <laughs> right? There is such thing as a schnoof noodle too, though. I just can't think of what it's, how it's different than a spetzel. They have great names. Oh my god! Oh, I have no idea what a schnoof noodle is. Nothing. It and is something, though. Uh, Each household has its own take on it. It's I mean, like, oh, I think you're thinking of schnoof noodle. Schnoof. Yeah. S c h u p f, which is a potato spetzel. There you go. Okay. Yeah. It goes really well with the Glühwein. Yeah, the yeah, with mit ein Glühwein und ein Glug. <laughs> fun. Every fun. household has its different take on these fun German recipes. Yeah, I I got caught up in the schnoop, the sh- <laughs> you know the sh schnoop. There it is, schnoop. There it is. <laughs> well, I'll be looking for some special though. Those are good ones to try. People should try those. That's just like little gnocchis. You know what I mean? That's end up what they are. Gnocchi would be a fun thing for people to kind of master this year, I think. Like gnocchi and nudie, because those are such a good, you know, those are such good things to eat. Gosh, that's a good idea. Every time you talk about nudie, that's your, the way you end it. You go, 
oh, I really need to make that. I do. And I think about it all the time because I've made them horribly. I've failed at them before. And I can't get them to do – sometimes I can't get them. And I've had, like, two wins and, like, six losses. So i got to keep working on them. The ricotta nudie. Yeah. All right. Well, Arks Value Village, uh, Molly, as you guys round the corner on the new year, do you – are there holiday sales or is there anything special we need to know about that's coming up? Ah, uh, we've got a great selection of all these holiday things we just talked about. So all the, the vintage coupe glasses and the punch bowls um, for your small holiday gatherings, cookie plates and platters and um, crock pots, all that good stuff. Um, you know, we have, um, we don't really have specials right now per se because we have to avoid the crowd scenarios. But the pricing is really like nostalgic pricing. It's all, you know, um, it's all like pricing from the 1960s. So you can't really go wrong. Um, and it all supports a good, a good cause. And when people are cleaning out their closets in the new year, because I think people are going to go for the purging. Can I know that like you guys have graciously, you graciously accept so many donations, but there's also like you want stuff that can be reused and resold. So just give people the guidelines for what can be donated when they're cleaning out their homes. Oh yeah. So um, just think about things that we can resell for the, for the best price. So like clean, uh, gently used clothing, um, housewares, things like that. Um, try and try and avoid uh, using it as a place to get your stuff recycled. That's, you know, beyond use but we um yeah we get great donations thank you yeah good Good. all right it is the arcs value village a second helping of the weekly dish where we got all vintagey up in here and if anyone (laughs) needs any vintage recipes or ideas just uh send any of us an email or find us on the weekly dish show page on instagram we always reply